We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. What is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Gold, and I'm joined by Michael, the president of the Germano Fan Club, Fachi Fachi. What's going on, brother? Hey, Alex. Man, it feels like you could imagine the tumbleweed rolling around. It is a ghost town in the NBA, <laughs> but amongst Pacer Nation, we never sleep. So I thought we'd have a fun activity today, kind of breaking down a little bit about the team goals or what they should be if the Pacers are going to become a playoff team again. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of things we want to see from this team improve upon, and we're going to talk about that today. We'll get into individual goals for each of the position play. Like We'll do it by position, but we'll do all the players by position like we did last year. I thought that was a really fun series that we did, Fudge. Mm-hmm. So we'll do something similar to that in the month of August, September, as we're kind of getting ready for the NBA season to ramp back up. But, you know, we're here. It's July 23rd. We're recording this on a Sunday night at 9.15, and we are, you know, just talking about, man, it's a little bit of ways from Pacers basketball, but we got some great guests coming on this week, Caitlin Cooper, Scott Agnes, and then the week after that, we have another very great guest coming on, too. Don't want to spoil that too much, but give you guys a little teaser. I think you're going to really enjoy our interview uh, the following Tuesday with a guest, so just put that out there for the listeners to get a little bit excited for the future. Oh, yeah. You never know. Who's coming out on the next episode of Setting the Pace? Because, man, we try and deliver the best possible content to the best listeners out there. So we're always trying to raise the bar. But I think, uh, you know, after everything that's gone down this offseason and as we go into the season, it's always, you know, fun to hear from certain individuals. So we'll leave it at that. Absolutely. And I'll just say keep your eye on a potential interview that could take place in September. Just mark your calendars for September. Keep your eye on a player interview. I'll put it at that point. A player interview 
on setting the pace. But let's get into it, Fachi. Season goals. We're going to go back and forth sharing them. We did not put a limit on this because I don't want to limit you, Fachi, to only being able to put a few on here. So I said just make your list and we'll go back and forth. Uh, so I'm curious. Do you want to spoil me and tell me how many you actually have? Well, that's the thing, Alex. You know, if you told me to do three, I'm going to do four or five. So I, I got quite a few. I don't oh, have them numbered out. I have them. Of just course by you different... don't. Exactly. I have them just by <laughs> different categories because sometimes, you know, when I'm typing away on my notes, I could get a little carried away. And that <laughs> is exactly what I did today. I, I've never met a man make a list and never number it. Because like when no, I make I'm a not list, a number guy. I number every single thing I'm doing just so I have structure with what I'm talking about. Uh, I put 10 items down. It's hard for me to be like, oh, I'm doing 11 for my list. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going <laughs> to do 10. I have to have like an even number or like a number that makes sense, like a quantity of five or 10 or 15. Like I'm not going to do like 13. Okay. Uh, yeah, but, I hear you. But uh, knowing you, you probably got 17. So let's just I, I jump into it. probably got an odd number. First, I'm going to start for a team goal. I'm just going to start beginning of the game. Outscore opponents in the first quarter. All right. Alex, the Pacers were a rough first quarter team last year. They got off to bad starts and it plagued them. When the Pacers were outscored in the first quarter, they were 18 and 37 last year. Mm. Alex, that means that they trailed after the first quarter in 55 of their 82 games. Mm. But when they did outscore opponents after the first uh, after the first quarter, they were 15 and nine. So that's a solid winning record, but it didn't happen enough. So yeah. the Pacers had a negative point differential in the first and the third quarter. So I'm really asking, hey, can you get off to a better start? Because we saw this team be a really good second and fourth quarter team. But from the first quarter, it, it felt like they dug themselves in a hole that most of the time they couldn't get out of. No, that's a great point, and I had no idea what that record was, so I'm glad you brought that point up because that's not something I was actually looking at. So that's great digging by you, Fachi. We know he's got the shovel on me. We know Always. you got the shovel. Mr. Shovel himself, Fachi, mm-hmm. right there. But that's that's a really telling stat. You got to get off to good starts, and I wonder why they got off to such low starts last year. I'm sure part of that was during the Halliburton injury, but still, even when he was out there, I don't understand why they get off to such slow starts because I felt like they had a really good offensive unit in that that certain lineup. They really did. And that's the thing is like, we know that this team could score the ball. So here's another stat that has to go with that. 21 and 13 when leading at halftime. So when the Pacers had a lead by halftime, most of the time they were good. I mean, that record would translate to be a good team, Mm -hmm. but just 14 and 34 when trailing at halftime. Mm -hmm. And Alex, this is going to make you sick. Uh, Going into the fourth quarter, if the Pacers were trailing, they were 9 and 36. Oh, wow. So, That's so bad. <laughs> it, 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 it's so bad. So if this team doesn't have a lead at halftime, most of the time, it's it's over with. Yeah. But it's very telling to just say if they didn't have a lead after the first quarter, uh, it, was, it was a tall task to make that comeback. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely some good stuff there. And it's always fun to kind of see it bro- broke down by quarter because man, that's mm-hmm. a lot, but I'm probably going to take one of yours here because I know you did some statistical things. Take and away. So I'm looking at rebounds, Fachi, and I'm sure you had this on your list. Oh, yeah. 22nd in rebounds last year. Oof. Oof. I don't want them to improve. Like I want them to improve as much as I can. I shouldn't say I don't want them to, but I'm not asking them to improve drastically, but I think 16 to 18 range feels about fair. Just move up like four spots, six spots in the rebounding category because it like the numbers weren't that different, but I think they could be more aggressive on the glass. And I think better defense will help that um, because they already play a very fast pace. So 
if they can play a fast pace and better defense, that's going to help them get more rebounds, I would think. Uh, they just have to uh, like not give second chance po- points because I feel like that was an area they got killed on was the offensive glass. So if they can improve rebound overall to 16 to 18 range, I feel like that's a good season goal for them. Just baby steps because you're not going to build Rome in one day. So just take a little bit of a baby step forward, get to that middle of the pack or, or just right outside of it. Yeah, it's a great point because when I was digging a little bit deeper for defensive rebounding percentage, the Pacers were last in the NBA. They grabbed only 68% of defensive rebounds. It's just to see that stat was just mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. I mean, they had struggled on the glass for, for years. And sometimes it could be a little bit misleading when Sabonis was averaging over 12 rebounds per game, but they were still a poor rebounding team because it's a collective effort. Everybody needs to buy in to rebounding on the glass. Turner led us last year with about seven and a half rebounds per game. That's mm-hmm. There's a drop-off after Turner. It's not like there was a bunch of guys averaging seven rebounds. So it's got to be a collective effort. There can't be a bunch of players averaging three and a half rebounds per game. Everybody needs to pick it up a little bit and rebounding the ball, just like you mentioned, baby steps. They got to be at least middle of the pack. You can't be in that, you know, towards the bottom five in the NBA or, you know, bottom seven. It's mm. just not going to cut it. Yeah, for sure, Pachi. All right, let's go to your next one. Okay, so you talked about second chance points. Well, look at this. We know the Pacers can move the ball around. Sixth in assists per game. Fantastic. 27 assists per game. But Alex, man, did we turn it over. The Pacers ranked 23rd in the NBA in turnovers at 14.9. And to make it worse, opponents scored 18.4 points per game off of those turnovers. Good for fifth most in the NBA. If you can't protect the ball, it's really going to hurt you. And the Pacers were one of those teams that suffered from it the most last year. Yeah, that's interesting because it had good assist numbers, but it's not a high turnover number. So I'm sure that has a lot to do with the pace they play, for sure. Um, I think so. Way more possessions. You got to think about it, though. How many turnovers do you say per game? So 14.9. Okay. Do you have the numbers up for what the league like leader was for turnovers? Uh, um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay, I'll talk while you're, you're doing talking. that. Because, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like 14, that's about – for a quarter, which doesn't seem like that bad. 16.3 I mean, was the, the leader. It was actually the Golden State Warriors. So they had how many turnovers a game? 16.3. So about uh, 1.4 more than us. And they were the, like, those, so they were the worst. Yeah. Okay. Who was the best in terms of a, so the, the team that was the best was the Toronto Raptors at 11.7. Okay. So, so that's about not three less uh, turnovers. Okay. And that's pretty close. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, if you can just knock off like three turnovers like per game, you're not that far away. So even if you just knock off one, I mean, one sure. is more of like that would be a big boost. So one would take us from you know 23rd in turnovers per game to uh, all of a sudden fifteenth. Uh, that's perfect. So, I mean, not yeah. perfect, but that's good for improvement. Good that's enough. middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that's that's an important stat. Though. I mean. With Tyrese, you expect him to protect the rock more, but he's going to be a little bit more risky, I think, because he has that leverage to do it. And there's games where Tyrese just isn't always on uh, with, you know, having some bad turnovers, but it's very rare that he's like that. So you feel pretty good about that if you can stay healthy. Um, are you ready for my next one? I am. So last year, Fachi, the Pacers' opponents' points per game, we were 29th last year. Oof, yeah. 
we allowed the second most points in the league. <laughs> That's got to improve. You, I, I basically said we got to get to the 20 range. I mean, jumping up nine spots in that category seems kind of unrealistic, but you can't be basically dead last almost and giving up points and expect to win games. So I think they know that, but that's just when I saw that, I said, oh, my God, we were 29th last year in opponents points per game. That is terrible. So that is an area we really need to improve upon, in my opinion. Yeah, we really do. I mean, like we said, it doesn't really get much worse. The San Antonio Spurs were the only team that allowed more points per game on the <laughs> defensive end. And, and all year it felt like they were going for women. Yama. So mm-hmm. it's not like they were the model of like, like, OK, you know, the Spurs of the past. Yes. Spurs of last year. Absolutely not. So. That goes hand in hand with just overall defense. I mean, there's so many different areas that you can nitpick. And the next one I'll say, staying on the defensive end, is we got to improve in defending the paint. One stat that's always misleading, blocks. The Pacers were second in the NBA in blocks per game at 5.8. But I feel like that is always a majorly inflated stat that a guy could have two blocks. But if you, you're never going to know how many baskets he let up because that doesn't show in the box score. But the Pacers allowed opponents to score 53.7 points per game in the paint last year, fourth worst in the NBA. So the Pacers absolutely have to be able to protect the rim much better than what we saw last year. Because, you know, when you're talking about being fourth worst in the NBA at that, the teams that are below you, those teams aren't going anywhere. Mm -mm. No, not at all. Um, And just tying with blocks, Fachi, last year this Pacers team was 26 in defense with a defensive rating of 117.7. I said they got to get to the top 20. They got to be in the top 20 defensively. They've got better defenders now. They've they've drafted some. They've acquired some via free agency. You know, they made a trade for a guy that's not known for defense, but he plays a position of need, so that maybe helps them out. But I just feel like... They've improved defensively. Their players that were their better defenders last year, like your Nimhards and your Nismas, hopefully will take a step forward once again with what they're trying to do. And I think that is where this team has to improve immediately to get anywhere where they want to get to is they got to improve defensively. They have to. And that's the thing is like, it feels like a bold move saying this Pacers team needs to be a top 15 defense, but at minimum they have to be a top 20 defense because of teams that were from 20 to 30 in defensive rating, only the Hawks and the Kings were teams that made the playoffs last year. So and the Hawks were playing team. So not where you want to be, but one category in specific that's really going to help you out is, you know, we talked about how bad the Pacers were in defending, you know, points in the paint. They committed also the fourth most fouls in the league at 21.2 fouls per game. So they're sending teams to the line, giving freebies. So if if it's not enough that they also could defend the rim, they're sending players to the free throw line at a higher rate than almost anyone in the NBA. And seeing that was really tough because we know the Pacers have always struggled to get to the free throw line themselves. They can't be sending opponents to the free throw line at almost the highest rate in the NBA, but to follow it up, I got another one for you. Okay. Here we go. Because it goes hand in hand with that. Second chance points. Uh, If you're not sending someone a line, second chance points. The Pacers D ranked 29th in the NBA, giving up (laughs) 15.5 points per game. 
Look wow. at all the freebies being given out over yeah. here. 16 points. That's a big difference. Oh, man. I'm getting riled up over here. Yeah, I know. And I mean, I was looking at that opponent free throws per field goal attempt, Fadji. That they were 28th last year, an opponent free throws per field goal attempt, 20.229 percentage of those uh field goal attempts they got got free throws on the Pacers. So we gotta quit fouling. Eesh. But but yeah, no, like it's just second chance points. That's I mean, all this stuff ties together at the end of the day. Right. That's that's what's the problem. So I will say this because we've been kind of negative on them. Let's flip it a little bit. Okay. Let's look at some of the positives. Last year, this team. Fourth overall in pace at 101.1, okay? And we're going off of basketball reference here, and that is what they would call the pace factor, which is an estimate of possessions per 48 minutes. So they calculated all those estimations of the 30 teams in the league, and the Pacers ranked fourth. So for me, I want to see them finish top five in pace again because that's the best way for this team to succeed is to play that fast pace. So they need to improve defensively, but they need to continue to do what they do well and that is be a team that plays with a ton of pace. Fourth in the league last year, I think that's a great compliment to what they're trying to do. And Halliburton even has talked about, like, I don't even know another way to play. Like, I I, I don't want to play this half-court style. Like, it, there's going to be times where he's going to have to learn how to do that, obviously. And I think he can. But this is his preferred style. Bruce Brown, when he was brought in, said the same thing. I think Miles benefits from playing this kind of way. I think same thing for Benedict Matherin, too. So, the key players on this team are players that enjoy playing this style. And so I think they need to continue that fast pace to prove that, okay, you know what? Our defense isn't great, but we're going to make up for it by playing faster. They just got to find a better balance now. It's true. I think that this needs to be our calling card. So yeah, you mentioned it. Halliburton's like, I don't even know how to play slow at all. And I love it. We brought in the right pieces to be even better in transition with the Obi Toppins, the Bruce Browns, Albert, and we, we mentioned that those are the three most efficient players in transition from last year. So that needs to be our calling card. But one thing that I saw on there was that while the Pacers were top 10 in scoring last year, Alex, they were just 22nd in field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. So I really feel that the Pacers can be even better in transition this year, being able to get you know, better looks at the rim. And you know, they're also going to get more possessions than other teams. So hopefully that's that's an area that the Pacers can be more efficient because shooting sub 47% as, as a team, not really where you want to be. You know, you could score, but you got to be scoring at a more efficient way. So I'm with you in terms of you got to be top five in pace again. Mm-hmm. If there's a drop off, then I feel like this team, you know, a, they don't have a real identity if they're not playing fast. That could be, you know, what separates us from other teams instead of in the past where we try to say, hey, we're the team with the double bigs. You know, no one else is doing it. It's like, no, no, no. Let's be the fast team this year. Yeah, and and let's just be honest. When you think about this Pacers team, you definitely think they play fast, and a lot of people have talked about, like, yeah, it's totally different. Like, Jordan Moore talked about that. Like, it's just a different kind of pace. I think the the Bucks at one point were, like, one of the faster-paced teams, too, which was kind of shocking to me because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like they play fast. But I think it's because they're versatile enough to play both styles when they need to, so they can kind of do both. But I was kind of surprised when I saw the offensive rating for the Pacers, Fachi. 19th in the league last year. And I felt like, man, this is a pretty good offensive team. You know, scored a lot of points, Mm -hmm. gave up a lot of points. But I still thought, man, their offense is good. They just got to work on their defense. Well, their offense still needs to improve. So they're 19th last year. I think getting to 15 is a very – 
reasonable ask. I think just improving a little bit is going to make a big difference because they've got shooters, they've got scores, they've got multiple players that can score at multiple positions. And I think that's going to be huge for them just being more versatile than they were last year, because last year I think we kind of knew what their offense was like, you know, it's Tyrese and, you know, buddy's coming off screens looking for threes and you had miles kind of playing the two man game with Tyrese most of the time. And Neesmith was kind of filling in the gaps. And so was Nimhard. And then when your second unit, it was like, okay, Matherin's going to be like the focal point of this team. And then every once in a while, TJ McConnell will be the guy that bells him out. And then you just kind of knew like how this team was going to play. But I think now with adding so many more skilled players on this roster, it's going to give them a little bit more versatility offensively. So would love to see them take a jump. I mean, if they can get top 10, that'd be freaking fantastic. But asking a guy to, or asking a team to jump from 19 to 10 for offensive rating is just like almost unreasonable. So that's why I said a reasonable ask, get into the top 15. Yeah. And, and I don't want to get carried away because I do feel like this Pacers offense can be really good. I mean, the mm. Obi Toppin, I feel like, is going to unlock an area and just be able to throw lobs, really get up and down the court even faster before. Obviously, Bruce Brown, good, good, you know, really good signing. If Buddy Heald can be who he was last year, I mean, you would think he's going to get even better looks this year. And I just feel like Nemhard, Matherin, they should take those steps forward. So mm-hmm. I don't want to say it is really realistic to see them as a top 10 offense next year, but it feels like it could happen. But I'm with you. 15th, that is a very reasonable ask. Mm-hmm. One thing that I liked last year, and I hope they can do it again, is the Pacers were sixth in three-pointers made mm. last year. We know they liked to keep you know shooting threes under Carlisle in the past when it felt forced under Nate Bjorkren. It didn't look good, and I know that was a lifetime ago, but now I just feel like we have shooters. Like Bruce Brown, very capable three-point shooter, especially from the right-hand side. You know, you, you hope Neesmith can build on what he did last year. I really feel like Nemhard can be a good three-point shooter, you hope Matherin takes improvements, and I just feel like what we saw out of Turner, Halliburton, r- loved it mm. last year from three-point land. If the Pacers can once again be around top five in three-pointers made, that's massive. And and even from the attempted standpoint, I mean, they were, uh, let's see, they were eighth. seventh. Eighth? Okay. Seventh or eighth? Okay. Yeah, seventh Are you looking at attempted. NBA.com? I, I got reference.com. That's okay. reference. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So seventh and attempted, sixth and made threes. I mean, look, that's that's real solid. They were eleventh in in three point percentage. So overall, they were basically a top ten three point shooting team, you know, across the board. So I think if you take the average out, they were. Gotcha. Yeah. Now that's that's definitely interesting because it's like, man, this team. You just want to see them continue to get better, and you're not asking them to take massive steps, just baby steps. And I, you know, I keep repeating that, but I want to emphasize like, we're not asking this team to like make huge growth this year, because I don't think they're ready yet to make huge growth, but I I think that they're on pace to get to another level because they've gotten better overall. So yeah, I didn't have any more statistical things on my goal list. I don't know if you have any more statistical things you want to bring up before we kind of transition into maybe some different stuff, but or is all your no, stuff no, statistical? No, I, nothing really statistical. We we went through that and, you know, everything. We pretty much went to the weeds of it. There was a lot yeah. of things that were good to like. Like, for instance, last year the Pacers were 14th in free throws made and 14th in three, and free throws attempted. So mm. I thought that that was a very, very middle-of-the-pack category. Yeah. If for some reason the Pacers were able to push to be a top-10 free-throw shooting team, 
that just feels like I, I don't know when the last time we were in that category, but you know that Benedict Matherin can get to the line at an ability that we haven't seen from a pacer in quite some time. And that's as a rookie when you're not getting the calls. I think Halliburton's probably going to get more calls. So if the pacers can be pushing towards that, you know, top 10 and free throws made attempted, that's going to go a long way. But that's all I really had from, uh, you know, in the weeds, nitty gritty stat wise. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to bring up, and this is just a challenge to all the fans in Indianapolis that can attend the games. Once again, your Indiana Pacers were almost dead last in team attendance. They were 29th last year. For all the games, the 41 games played at uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse, 641,562 appearances by fans to enter the building. We got to get better at that, Fachi. We got to become a top 20 at least. I know there's a lot bigger markets out there. Maybe more arenas that hold more than 18,000 like the Pacers Arena does. But, you know, this is a fun team. This is an exciting team. The All-Star Weekend is going to be here. I think this is a great opportunity for the team uh, to grow. And I think it's more important for the fans of this incredible Pacers team that's on the rise to show their support this year. You know, last year they kind of told you, hey, we're going through a rebuild, just kind of taking it slow. Don't expect a lot. Well, they're kind of telling you the opposite now. They're telling you we're trying to get to the playoffs. That's the goal. And I think that we have great fans here. There are no doubt some of the best fans in the NBA are Pacer fans. But we need to see you give it your all at the games because if you don't, you know, watching on TV is already challenging enough with how many different obstacles you have to kind of go through to watch these games now because of all the uh, Sinclair Network stuff. So just get out there and support the guys. And who wants to, who doesn't want to see this fast paced team up close, Fachi? Because every single game I've gone to, win or loss last year, it was still a fun game to be at. I'm with you, man. I had a blast and they lost every game I was at. So, you know, (laughs) what's new? I mean, come on. The Fachi curse is in effect, baby. Look, I had a great time. There was a lot of games that came down to the wire, but it just feels like, as a fan, this season feels different going into it. Like, the expectations are, are are different than other years of like, hey, look, if the Pacers are to, you know, make make the play and make the playoffs, like that's that's awesome compared mm-hmm. to years in the past where we expected it. But from a fun standpoint, this is a really young, athletic, fun, fast team that I just feel like other other media members around the league are starting to say, like, well, well, keep an eye on the Pacers. And I just feel like we're going to get a team that's going to compete night in, night out really hard and continue to get better and grow together. And that that's everything you could ask for when you're paying money for a ticket mm. because this is not going to be a boring on-court product. You're going to see these guys get up and down the court, and I really feel like we're building something special. But the Pacers even said it themselves last year. There was a stretch. I remember I think it might have been like when the Pacers played like the Hawks in Boston. There was a couple-game stretch where – the fans were really getting out there, and the Pacers were playing better. They were winning those games, and they were citing, hey, the crowd was, was unbelievable. But the last couple seasons haven't been like the previous. Like The Pacers were, I believe they were 20 and 21 at home last year, so like not a winning record. I want to get back to winning basketball at home and having that home court that's tough for opponents to come into. And I feel like this season coming up, could be the start of a new streak of a winning record at home. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Pachi, we're going to take a break from the goals. I want to do a little trivia question for you. All right. Last year, top five pacers with the best three-point percentage. Uh, minimum amount of games played does not matter. So we're just talking overall top five three-point shooters based on percentage last year for the Pacers. Well, Buddy Heald. Okay. I know TJ McConnell is like right up there, even despite he, having like he's above Buddy Hill. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I knew he's like, you know, it's one of those where it's a misleading stat. But yeah, so you, all right. So you got McConnell, you got uh, Buddy. Uh, if we're just counting Pacer games, Jordan War has got to be up there. Yeah, he's he in there. Yeah. Great call. Yep. Uh, Turner was right around 37%, 38%. He is not in the top five. Not in the top five. Okay. So then there's got to be some. Oh, obviously Halliburton. Yep. And, and then you're missing uh, one more. He's the number see. one person. The number one person? 52.4% for the yeah. Pacers last year and uh, 11 games. So is it, I mean, is this, is this, well, George Hill? Yep, George Hill. <laughs> there we go. Okay. All right. I promise you I was not looking. But uh, I started thinking to myself, I was like, Tice only played seven games. It couldn't have been him. Like, you know, so I was I just know like, how many games Tice played? Like, I know how many played me played because they were tough to watch it was like kind of like oh man what are we doing here um so, oh man that's great oh that's no, hilarious but it, it, it's it's good but it's also those stats are so misleading like mcconnell under one attempt Nawara played like 22 23 games you know uh george hill 11 games so it's like all right three of those guys almost come off the list but uh we have good shooters we do because yeah. like you mentioned miles turner wasn't even on that list and turner shot like 38 percent so yeah. got to be happy with that. Six, so, sixth, yeah. Um, but there's there's good shooters on this team. I think the Pacers can be. I think everybody can increase it a little bit next year. Buddy Heald topping what he did last year is going to be very tough, though. 
No, you're totally right about that. It's going to be very tough for him to do that. But I'm interested. Bro, this is really a fascinating stat, too. Did you know Benedict Matherin was fifth in assists last year for the Pacers? I'm a little, <laughs> little bit scared. Oh, man, yeah. It's Tyrese, <laughs> TJ McConnell, Andrew Nimhard, Buddy Heald, and Benedict Matherin. <laughs> wow. Wow. There's a big drop-off after oh, three, man. I would imagine, after yeah. Nimhard, you know. Who do you think had the total most total points last year for the Pacers? This is this is kind of fun. We're just doing some trivia now. Uh probably Matherin or Buddy. They've they've played the most. Which one? I'm gonna say Buddy. Yeah, he edged him out by 42 points. Okay, there we go. I, I knew it was like Buddy only missed, I think it was like like two to four games or something like that. I think I think how uh Matherin missed four games. I knew Buddy averaged a little bit more, so it's like all right, probably him. Yeah, Turner led the team in rebounds last year, total-wise, with 378. But guess who was second? In rebounds? Yeah. Mm. I don't know who. Buddy Heald, 333. (laughs) That's alarming, man. That's the problem. (laughs) That's the problem. That's when we talk about from a rebounding Oh, that's defensive rebounds. I'm sorry. That's okay. Defensive all right. But, but he still, still was second in total rebounds at 400. Yeah. Turner that, had 466. I apologize. Jalen Smith had 394. Honestly, Jalen's probably your best rebounder per game. Would be my yes. Guess. If you gave him more minutes, he he definitely would have been rebounding yeah. at a higher number. But just the minutes were all over the place. So, yeah. um, yeah. No, I I definitely agree with that point. But man, okay. if, if Buddy Hield is second in rebounding on your team, I promise you, you're not good on the glass. Yeah. No doubt about that. So let's. Kind of transition because I got some more goals. I don't know if you have any more on yours, but yeah, a couple. Uh, speaking of Jalen Smith, one of my goals for this year is to find out who the backup center is and solidify that yes. position because we talked about it at nauseum, and I don't want to overhammer the point, but I'm just ready to see this team improve upon uh, their backup center position. I think they need to give it to one person and let them just, you know, thrive in that role and not have to compete with the same player. Or, you know, like Isaiah and Jalen competing against each other the whole entire season. Like, no, let one be the guy. And if they start sucking for like five to six games, then make a change. But don't do it like, oh, well, this matchup, we think this guy's better. Like, I get it. But at the same time, like, you got to make a decision eventually on these two guys. And I would really like them to find who that is because going into the playoffs, it's nice to have versatility. But I think it also is more important to know what your rotation is because consistency and team chemistry are incredibly overlooked when it comes to winning basketball. No, I, I completely agree. I had them on my list is you got to figure out what you have there because behind Turner is just three question marks right yeah. now between Ajax, Jalen, and Tice. And you got to figure out who is here long-term, especially, look, I would imagine the Pacers pick up Ajax option in October. I think it's October 31st, just because it's like, you know, right around the start of the season. I, I think they, I imagine they do that. But after that, Nothing's guaranteed if they were to re-sign him. Jalen Smith, who knows what ends up happening, and then you know, you're gonna move on from Tice eventually. But yeah, for my next goal, it was figure out between Buddy, Obi, Neesmith, who's staying and who's going. Uh, because Buddy's the only one who's expiring, but Obi and Neesmith will enter restricted free agency. And at that point, I mean, what are the odds that the Pacers sign both of them? Because the Pacers want to maintain, you know, flexibility moving forward. If you're to re-sign Obi and Neesmith, uh, all of a sudden it, it's long-term when the Halliburton extensions then kicking in and everything like that. It's it's going to make it complicated to, to continue to add on pieces here, especially for a guy like Obi, who you know he drafted Jarris Walker. So I, I hope that it really does work out because I, I think that this is the Pacers' opportunity to really buy low. 
But the same thing goes for Buddy is, hey, is he going to be able to work into the specific role that you want for him off the bench? Mm-hmm. Or is this where you say, you know what? We realize we're not going to re-sign him. Let's get ahead of it and make sure he doesn't walk for any for nothing. Yeah, we got to get some clarity on what's going on with this log gym of a roster. Same with yeah. TJ McConnell. It's like we just got to figure it out. I think we owe it to those players to get them to a home where they can actually showcase mm-hmm. more of what their skill set is if they can't find a home here. It makes sense for what you're trying to do with your roster building wise. It's like it's great to have a lot of players that can play in case of injuries and stuff like that. But you know, it's really hard to build your rotations, factoring in injuries, factoring in rest days for people. Like that's above our pay grade. We're just doing this for a fun exercise. So, you know, I, the last episode that we did talking about the rotations and stuff like that's not easy. And we've had conversations on Twitter. People like, yeah, I think so-and-so's got to get more minutes. And I'm like, well, who's getting less, you know? And that was a problem we had. And it's just like, it's just too many guys that deserve playing time. So I think that's a great thing to bring up and something I wish I would have actually wrote down, but I'm glad that you did. So one of the ones that I have is kind of weird because it's weird writing it. And we really haven't talked about it much. And I want to talk with Scott Agnes about it because I think he's got a lot more information on what's actually going to happen with this whole situation. But I want to see the Pacers perform well in the in-season tournament. Look, it's a great opportunity for players to get more money. I think Gabe Vincent talked to J.J. Riddick about it a little bit on yep, this podcast. heard that. And they talked about the money that they get for like the NBA Finals. And like the money you would get for winning the in-season tournament is bigger than what you'd get for the NBA Finals, which is a little bit tacky. But they're trying to make it incentivized for people to actually try. Um, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of it with Scott Agnes later this week. But I, I think that if the Pacers can just represent well in that and maybe even win it, that'd be really fun. I mean, who knows if it's going to last. But Tyrese Halliburton seemed pretty excited about it. So I think that going up against those teams like it can impact, you know, it does count for your regular season record. So you do want to do that. I think they've got uh, – they're in the same division, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of, like, the playing tournament as, like, Cleveland and Philadelphia. Yep. So those are games you really want to see them win just because of positional stuff with the standings. So I think they have a good chance to represent the Pacers well, but I think, you know, it's it's still so new and we're not really sure what's going to happen, but I just want to see them do well in that. No, that would be cool for sure. I mean, it's, it's a new thing. So, look, we could take – we should take any attention – that we can get, especially that that's a good way to be able to get more eyes on the Pacers. And I think that whoever wins that type of tournament, I I imagine they'll have some buzz. You know, I don't want to equate it necessarily to what Phoenix did in the bubble, but do you remember when Phoenix won those eight games, they still missed the playoffs, but they went eight and oh. And then everybody was talking about them. Like, yeah, watch out for Phoenix. You know, like they're kind of building something. The next year they came out, they ended up making the NBA finals. So I'm not expecting that had to happen with the Pacers, but let's let's take any buzz that we can get. And I got one more goal. I don't know how many you had left. I have I've got three left, Foch. Oh wow. So look at you. You're the one who had a lot. Yeah. So, well I mean you talked a lot about your stats though all together yeah, to be yeah. fair. So right. mine's non-statistical. Well, keep, so keep going. Okay. So I said represent the state well at All Star Week. I oh, think that's well, yeah definitely the, the the tickets go on sale for Pacer fans I think tomorrow. Mm-hmm, um, if you, yeah, so the 24th, it's at Lucas Oil Stadium, so it's going to be in a bigger arena for Saturday night. The The All-Star game will be played at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So if you want to get to that, that ticket's probably going to be a little bit more expensive. I would think that it's a little bit cheaper to go to the All-Star weekend because there's going to be a lot more seating. I'm doing my best to make sure that I'm there for at least the All-Star weekend, uh, you know, slam dunk contest and the rookie stuff. I want to be there for all that if I can. But I'll say this. We have opportunity to really represent. You got 
Andrew Nimard, Benedict Matherin, and probably Jairus Walker, who can represent the rookie sophomore game. You've got Obi Toppin, who's a potential candidate to be the in the slam dunk contest, which I think he might embrace, seeing that it's in Indiana. Buddy and Tyrese, maybe they get a call back to the three-point challenge since they were in the finals last year against Dame Lillard. Get to battle that out. There's a good chance that you could see Tyrese Halliburton as an all-star again. Getting that nod last year, I think, really bumps up his likelihood of getting it if he can stay healthy and produce at the same level he did last year. Could Miles Turner make it? Could Miles Turner make that leap to get in there? It's going to be tough. A lot of good front court players in the Eastern Conference, but hey, Indiana, maybe he does something. I don't know. We'll see. But I think there's a lot of ways for this team to represent well in the state, and I think that our state does a great job hosting sporting events. So I just want to see the Pacers, you know, represent well at All-Star Week, but I also want to see the city do well. And I think that comes down to, once again, our fans and everybody that's here just making it work so uh, fluidly, which they've done a great job of. I mean, a lot of people love the Super Bowl when it was here besides the weather being a little bit colder, but I think it ended, ended up being warmer out during that time than it usually is. So it all worked out. I think that, that Indiana is a great sporting event uh, city, or Indianapolis, I should say, and I just want to see us do well. Massive, massive opportunity. Should be just huge for the state, the city, everything that comes with people traveling. You know, it just – a lot of money flows through to those events. And then obviously a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, I mean, the Pacers are so fortunate to have a franchise player that can represent in the event. And it's great that it's not going to be, you know, just uh, uh, someone in like the, the, the rookie sophomore game, you know, something like that. Like, no, Tyrese Halliburton, you want him there. You want Benedict Matherin putting on a show. It, it, maybe Obi Toppin in the dunk contest, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Buddy Heal. And and Halliburton, you would imagine, probably, just like you said, do the three-point contest again just to get as many eyes on Pacer players. So that's a good point. That's something that I did not have. And, you know, hey, I got the itch to, to make the trip out there for that because when do you really get another opportunity to go to All-Star Weekend I know. in Indiana? I mean, that is, that is something that I've definitely been like, hmm, interesting. So yeah, I might I have would, to make that trip as well. I would love to go to the All-Star game. Uh, I will just have to ask you how much tickets are, and then you can tell me if the Taylor Swift concert was more or less. <laughs> hey, you know who who knows? That'll be that'll be a close one probably. But uh, at the same point, man, that's uh, if I was willing to buy that ticket for someone else, I'd definitely be willing to buy a ticket for myself. So yeah, yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. Maybe you can get a better uh, hotel this time when you come to Indiana. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Where I stayed was just uh, not a good place. Not it. Not it. Wouldn't do that again. Cheap. <laughs> never <out>. that. Uh, <laughs> never that. <laughs> okay, I've got two more left. How many do you have left? Just one. All right, I'll do my next one. Then we can share our last one. I said C major growth from Benedict Matherin. I know we talked about how, you know, I think I had him number one on my list. You had a number two on your list. He's the most important player, in me, in my opinion, to, like, how well the Pacers do this year. Like, yes, Tyrese Halliburton is very important. I'm not trying to – to say anything bad about Halbert. I'm saying great things about Halbert by not saying that he's important in this regard. I think Benedict Matherin's growth in, in, in this year too is pivotal for the Pacers to get where they need to get to. He's a very young player, got a chip on his shoulder. I think that there's a lot of good basketball in him. And we saw him in his rookie year just do a phenomenal job um, at what he does well. Can he expand upon that? And that's what we're continuing wanting to see. We talked about this at nauseum, so I'm not going to overkill this point. But 
I think Benedict Matherin is almost like the X factor to how well this Pacer team does in the standings next year. And there's a lot of pressure on him. He really balled out last year for what he was asked to do. Now he's got to take that next step. Can he handle that pressure? I think he can. I think he loves having that pressure on him. He's only 20 years old. He'll be 21 next year. So very young player, got a lot of room to improve. And I think that there is some promising things about his game that make you feel confident that, okay, yeah, we've got a really talented roster, but Benedict Mathurin, his growth is what's going to take us to that next level. There is so much riding on that man's shoulders. Like, yes, we know what is expected of Tyrese Halliburton, but if Benedict Matherin does not take that leap, the Pacers won't take that step forward. I mean, going into their sophomore year, you are expected to improve. But someone like Benedict Matherin is not your typical rookie. This isn't like a Chris Duarte, no offense or anything like that, where, you know, we're, hey, hope for a little bit of improvement. We're hoping that this can be, you know, the, the, say the second guy but like Halliburton's running me for years and years Halliburton said it himself on on Paul George's podcast hey we intend to play together for a long time so we got to figure this out we got to get this going Matherin needs to be a capable defender in order to be able to maximize his time on the court so it's extremely important I'm with you this is someone that we view as having all-star potential in this league And what we see from year two is going to be very telling about the future of him. And uh, yes, only going to be 21 years old, but year two is really where what separates from what could be just a, uh, yeah, he's pretty good to no, this guy could be very special. Totally agree. Uh, number one, what you got? My number one goal for the team is make the playoffs. Same. Simply <laughs> put, yes, that's it. expectations going into this season. Every single player in that locker room should say, we're going for the playoffs. We expect to be a playoff team. And that was not the mentality last year. And I don't care who tried to say it last year. They didn't believe it. This year, everybody in that locker room should believe that they are a playoff team. And if they fall short, be a play-in team. Because the bulk of this roster has not played in a meaningful game or two. Between Halliburton, Buddy, Matherin, Nemhard, Jarris Walker, and plenty others, they have never played in a play-in or playoff game. And it would be extremely crucial to be able to get them that experience. I totally agree. I think that they got to make the postseason. That's the goal for this year. I don't know how many games it is. It's hard to put like a game, like how many wins I think they should have under their belt. And I wanted to say like 41 and 41, just be 500 because yeah. it's like a six game improvement. They're it probably going to have to win more than that to be a plan. Maybe not, but I think 42, 43 is probably your target win number if you want to be a playing team. And we saw, yeah, it was a weird playing team with the Miami Heat, but they did what they did last year basically as an eight seed. Okay. So they get all the way to the finals as an eight seed. I'm not saying the Pacers are there yet, but I feel like this is a good opportunity for the Pacers to get into the playoffs, get some experience under their belt, and grow upon that. Because none of of their core, besides Miles, I guess you could say now Bruce Brown, really has playoff experience. Um, It's Tyrese has never been. Andrew Nemhard's never been. Buddy Hill's never been. Neesmith really didn't play in the playoffs. I think he had a couple of different games where he got into it, but didn't play a lot. 
Um, but he's never been in the playoffs. McConnell, yeah, he's been in the playoffs a little bit. I mean, he's got some experience under his belt, but got played off the floor <laughs> and one of those playoff experiences. So, yeah, and your bigs, besides Tice, they don't have playoff experience either. So, because Jalen Smith didn't play any with Phoenix when uh, they were in their in the championship against Milwaukee before he was traded here. So, you know, you just need on-court playoff experience, especially from your main players. And I, I, I should have mentioned Jairus Walker as well, but... Yeah, they just they got to get that experience, and I think that's what's going to help them because once you taste it, it's totally different. If you never get a taste of it, you just don't really know what you're craving. But if you get a taste of it, now you know what you're looking forward to. You know what you're craving. You know what different playoff matchups look like and, and how there's like that chess match and how they adjust their defense to what you're doing and how do you react. And that's going to be great for Benedict Matherin because he is kind of predictable right now with what he does. How How is he going to be able to adjust to what defenses throw at him? I'm excited to see it because this team feels like it's got a lot of potential up its sleeve. They, they really, really do. And I know there's going to be that time where if the Pacers are kind of on the cusp, people are going to say, oh, well, you're not going to win a championship anyway. Just sell off assets and, and get into the lottery. But if the Pacers are close enough, I really do want them to make the play-in game. I really think this time, I'm around it wouldn't be a waste mm-hmm. last year okay sure you know what like lose out a couple games whatever get that better draft pick and it worked out they got Jarris walker if anything they traded down they got a couple picks and you know that kind of you could make an argument led to even getting a player like obi Toppin or getting more assets whatever it is the pacers played it smart this is the time around where you don't say Eh, we're still one more year away. Nope, nope, nope. You've signed Halliburton long-term. If you want to track other free agents, the best way to do it is to be as competitive as possible and get on a team's radar because mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen. The Heat, they were one loss away from being eliminated in the play-in game. They go to the NBA Finals. The Lakers, they were a playing team. They went to the conference finals. I'm not saying that were either of them, but just you never know. So you got to be able to get a ticket to the dance and that's that's all you got to do just get in the door and i think yeah. that regardless of whatever happens even if the pacers get bounced that experience will be it will fuel this team to want to come back even hungrier year after year and i'm looking forward to even if it's just one really competitive game it'll be the biggest game that half the, half the roster has played their nba career Totally agree, Fachi. So let's end with one trivia question because I'm in the mood to do trivia right now. I don't know why, but I am. All right, you are. Before we wrap this up, who led the team in steals last year? Give me the top five. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to be able to give you the top five in order. Come on, bro. Come on. Uh, 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 I don't know. Halliburton is okay. probably in there. In the, he's obviously in there, but yeah, missed a, a good chunk of games. Uh, you know, McConnell is always good for steals. He is in the top five? Yeah. He is or isn't? He is. He is. Yeah, I mean, as he should be. Um, let's see. Matherin. Matherin is not. Okay. Um, Aaron Neesmith. Yep. You're on the right track there with the defensive-minded guys. Andrew Nimhard for sure. Okay, you got your you got your two through five right now. You're missing your number one leader in steals last year for the Pacers. My number one leader. Hmm. The guy that's leading all the stats is Buddy Heel, man. But and that's the thing is like it's <laughs> just like Buddy Heel by playing by staying healthy managed to put himself in a spot to be able to lead us in a lot of categories. But yeah, yeah. you wouldn't expect that from a player like Buddy. But hey, 
The, the best ability is availability, and that, that's Buddy Hield. Andrew Nimhard, Benedict Matherin, and Buddy Hield were the only three players to log over 2,000 minutes last year. Andrew Nimhard logged 2,073, Matherin 2,222, and Buddy Hield 2,482. So he had over 400, basically, yeah, over 400 minutes more than Andrew Nimhard. So, I mean, he just absolutely <laughs> stole the floor with it. And surprisingly, Gabe York had more minutes than Kendall Brown last year. Believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. So towards just, the end of the season, you know. Yeah, 40 uh, to 56. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He got in there towards the end. But uh, hey, buddy, 80 games played. That that'll do it. Average 1.2 steals, a career high. So good good for Buddy. You know, nice nice to see him uh, you know, towards the top of the categories. But selfishly, I hope to not see him towards the top of many categories this year, unless it has to do with three-point shooting and games played. Because if Buddy's your second leading rebounder and he's first in steals, I'm telling you that defense cannot be that good. Yeah, I, I, I mean the good thing is he's not like first in blocks either. He's fifth. <laughs> he's good. fifth in blocks. Please. Yeah, uh, okay. and Miles, Isaiah, Jalen, and Aaron, uh, which is still pretty funny. Tyus yeah. is so far down because he didn't play enough. But yeah. So anyway, Fachi, I thought that was fun. Maybe if you guys like Pacers trivia a little bit, we can kind of go back and do that throughout the season. Just kind of keep an eye on where people are at statistically and kind of guess on who's doing what well. But that's always fun for me. If you don't remember, I did trivia a lot on Instagram, but I kind of had to put that to the side because I got too busy with other stuff. Missed it so, on Thursdays, man. I'd wake up and some of those questions were hard. Yes, I, I got in the weeds on those a little bit too much, but maybe I'll get back to it. Let's just... Let's just think about that. Maybe we'll do it before the season starts. We'll get back yeah, to it. Back. Thursday trivia on Instagram at AlexGoldenNBA, the same handle as my Twitter, but Fachi, please go ahead and let everybody know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash setting the pace of Pacers podcast. where You can find our latest interview up with Michael Scotto. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. We broke it down into the two parts on the podcast, but you can watch the video in full effect. Give us a like, let us know what you think of our conversation. And if you haven't already, please leave a five-star reading and review on Apple podcasts and Spotify, because that always helps us continue to grow as a podcast. And for more listeners like yourselves to find this show, but Faji, if you're excited to have Caitlin Cooper on for the next podcast. Then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.